This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, 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 yes. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Arsenal 0. Tottenham Hotspur remain fifth in the Premier League, but we are now only one point behind our New London rivals with two Premier League games to go. Welcome back to this Spurs chat where we will be discussing Tottenham's victory in the North London derby at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We have got three very special guests this evening to talk about today's game. Let's introduce them. We have, first of all, got Ricky Champagne Norwood with a beer in hand. Ricky, Ricky, how are you? I am buzzing, bro. I knew it, man. Karma, bro. Karma, karma. It just came through, bro. I'm just... Uh, and a clean sheet as well. And that domination in the second half. Are you mad? Are you mad? Come on, man. Come on, let's have it. Let's have it. We've, let's also, go. got, we've also got channel regular Craig with us. Craig, how are you? I'm very well, Chris. Very well. <laughs> All smiles this end, right? Um, we'll get into this and I'm looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to this because uh, that, that, that was, that's been, we've been waiting for that since January. Imagine, imagine getting the game called off so you've got a better opportunity to win it and then getting your arse handed to you. Up yours, Arsenal. We've also got Richard Whitehead, MBE with us. Rich, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not as stressed as an hour ago. Mate, what a result. We smashed the Gunners. Thank goodness. What a game. Absolutely smashed them. Absolutely smashed them, as you say, Richard. Absolute rubbish. We'll get into all of it, Rich. We'll get into all of it. Ricky, let's start with you. Simple question for you. What did you make of today's game? Are you joking, bruv? Like it was it was payback time. It was it was it was everything that 
we wanted. We Did you watch it in the toilet, Ricky? No, no, no. I was in the front room, bro. But I made enough noise. That, listen, I had my dad round and I had one of my brothers round, and we were screaming down the house, brother. I, I heard you. I, I, I thought the neighbours were going to call the police on us. I swear <laughs> to you, bro. So, like, you know, I, I can't be shouting down the house tonight, bro. The missus needs to sleep. Otherwise, you know what I mean? It's drama. You're in trouble. It's drama. Nothing, you're in trouble, man. You know what I mean? But no, no. Listen, I had to make some noise. I had to be in the quietest room it's in the ching house. Ching, bro, because, ching, ching. Because, because what yeah. a performance. Listen, we owed them that. The way that they were running in January... Do you know it, it it was it was a professional Conte performance as well. Like I thought yeah. we could have had four, five, six tonight, honestly. We took our foot off the gas as soon as we scored that third one tonight. But the the way in which we played, bro, showed me how much they want it, how much is clicking right now, how much everyone's bedding into play, both Sessignon and Royale today. My gosh. My gosh, the responsibility was put on them and they're stepping up. It's in the most important part of the season where we could actually qualify, we could actually achieve something this season at the business end. And these two boys, it's been put on them. They haven't got the backup with, with Regulon or Doherty being able to help them out. Nah, it's on you. And they've been stepping up and I've been loving it, bro. From top to toe. I tell you, one thing before we carry on. Let me tell you what, what, what epitomised this performance today. It was before the first goal when Kulazewski ran all the way, chased the ball down. He chased down three Guna players all the way down to the, to the goalkeeper, put him under pressure. Sonny's on the left-hand side, picked the ball back up. We, the way we hustled and we hunted today, it's what I needed to see, bro. I'm buzzing. Let's have it. Let's, <laughs> let's have it. Ricky, before we move on, who played like a Champions League team tonight and who's going to get that fourth oh. spot? Mate, there was only one Champions League side today. And that's what that second half showed you. The way, I mean, I know all of us, I think all of us were the same. Just keep going. Keep putting the pressure on. Keep scoring. You know, bury him. Bury him. Like, I know that was in us all today. But the way that they slowed down the game, controlled it. They were professional, bro. We, we looked like a proper Conte team today, bro. But everything came together. Hugo was a fantastic captain. Do you know what I mean? He was all over it. The same way he, he was all over it against Liverpool. That's what I saw that spark in him as well. So from top to toe, bruv, there's only one Champions League team, bruv. And that's the one with, I quote from Mr. Chris Cowlin off of Sky Sports, a world-class manager. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely, world-class, world-class manager. manager. And as Enrique says here on screen, amazing atmosphere out there. It was absolutely electric at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tonight. It's a fair play to every single fan. They give absolutely everything, as did the team. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Your thoughts on today's match? Yeah, just echo what Ricky said. I mean, I mean, it was the, the atmosphere. It's all about the fans being the 12th man. They were the 12th, 13th, and 14th man tonight. I mean, it was just, I don't know how loud it was in the stadium, Chris, but Christ, it could really come over on the telly that just how much they seem to be sucking the ball into the net half the time there because the the noise, it, all, it was almost relentless, absolutely relentless. And you could see after we did settle down, because Arsenal did have that first five, ten minutes, you know, they were they were in the game. But yeah. it, you could see they were almost in, intimidated after we got that first goal. And they did not know what to do after the sending off. And, um, yeah, after that point, I was, I was... Do you know, I think it's the most confident... Sounds funny to say when you're 2-0 up and we're down, that your opposition's down to 10 men. But at real no point did I think we need another one here or else we're gonna, they're going to come back into this. Gonna come. They just didn't look like scoring to me. And I was very relaxed throughout the whole game, to be fair. 
it, it was it was just an unbelievable performance. It was <laughs> it was one of one of the best um, North London derbies I, I can actually remember in in recent history, and I think it's it's one of the biggest wins we've had since nineteen fifties. I think over over them. I, th- I believe that's right because it's it's been very t- might be wrong in that I can't remember what the stat was but regardless what what a great way to 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 get within a point of Arsenal and now let's go and get the points against Burnley which we'll come on to later I know but you know heads down get that win and then the pressure's back on them um, and I've always loved Magpies so uh, I might have to. Uh, Get me Newcastle shirt out from somewhere. Speak to me, Geordie, mate. Get him, get, him, get him to send me one in the post. Rich, let's come to you. Your thoughts on today's game? Because, of course, before the match, every single Arsenal fan, every single Tottenham Hotspur fan, we're all nervous about a North London derby, aren't we? 100%. I was like, so nervous. Saw the lineup. Oh, Romero not in. I was like, holy crap. What the hell? Sanchez in. He's like, looks so nervous on the ball. Today, First 10, 15 minutes, it was a little bit tippy-tappy. Ball came to him, he was getting rid of it. It was like, before it came to him, he was getting rid of it. Mm. Then, it obviously, started to spray the ball around a little bit. Started to gain, gain that confidence. Like Ricky was saying about our wing-backs, the comp- you could see the confidence in the team. But the midfield pairing today, boom, boom, boom. We oh, still get absolute- back to- Today's game is that we didn't lay off the pedal, like we controlled the game, even when they had. A little bit of the ball, let them have it in in those areas that it couldn't hurt us, and then we just put on the put on the pedal a bit, pressured the ball, got it back, and said, "No, guys, no." Even the, the shots, the hot shots that they had, they had one. I think uh, Odegaard had one, like where he had a chance. Apart from that, we, we're pissed all over them today. I'm really happy. Conte, Conte, amazing, like amazing. The, the, he's made of average players look. Great. Do you know what, Rich? Let's, let's stay with you because let's talk a little bit about Antonio Conte. I was going to talk about the lineup, but you know, every single time I look at the manager, and I look at him quite a lot during the game because he's so animated on that. What um, <laughs> he he has really, really transformed this team, like you've said. Yeah. You know, he's turned a lot of average players. You know, even Emerson Royale um, against yeah. Liverpool at the weekend, uh, against Arsenal again tonight. He has really yeah. improved now, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even his delivery, he's getting the ball in. I think what's happening is he gets the ball and the first thought is he's getting that ball in. Instead of trying to tippy-tappy, then have four, three or four yards and then whipping the ball in and he's closed down. Emerson Royal, again, he's got more confidence on the ball and also his teammates have got more confidence with him on the ball as well, which is more important. When he's in those positions, and I don't know if you noticed in the second half, he was coming inside as well. He's getting so much room. He's coming inside to get involved in the play. Early on the season, all he did is stick in that position and he was up and down, up and down. He's getting more confident. And that's Conte has literally given every player certain jobs to do in certain situations and they stuck to it. Ben Davis wasn't a 7 out of 10 tonight. It was an 8, it was a 9 out of 10. It was all over the place. Hoiberg was getting back, being in that back four, kind of helping Sanchez out a little bit when he was getting caught out. 
unbelievable, great result, and I've had four now. So it might get a bit of <laughs> It's nice to see you smiling so much, Rich. It really is. I know, because I know. We, we've done a lot of these shows. <laughs> yeah, well, all of us, we've done a lot of these shows over the course of the season, and we've had a lot of uh, ups and downs, more downs, um, you know, yeah, uh, under Nuno Espirito Santo at the, at the start. But, um, Ricky, let's come to you. Of course, um, one change which surprised everybody. Davinson Santos coming in for Christian Romero. So the, the team lineup is full. Um, Hugo Lloris in goal, back three of Sanchez, Dyer Davis, wing backs Emerson Royale and Sessignon, in midfield, Hoybier and Benton Kerr, and then the forward three of Kuliszewski, Hunmin Son, Harry Kane. Honestly, Ricky, how are you feeling? Um, you know, when you saw that uh, lineup an hour before kickoff. Well, you you know what? That's the only thing that made me a little bit nervous. Romero has been outstanding for us in a, in well, you know, since he's come back into the team after injury, he has been absolutely outstanding for us. You know, not only to give confidence in that back line, but his performances, his blocks, even that that diving header he done. A, what was it against? Uh, was it Liverpool? Liverpool in, in the last game. Like, there's so many commanding performances that he's put in that I was just like, ooh, that one, that one did make me a little nervous. And in the first five, ten minutes where our, our, the Gooners, they, they had a lot of the play, or they had their best little spells in their first five, ten minutes. And I was, like, worried about Sanchez. But you know what? Little bit by little bit, he grew into, game. He grew into the game. And like the boys have been saying there about Conte, Conte has just simplify the game, especially for like Sanchez. Simplify it. Listen, take a short pass or get rid of it. Hoof it up. And then little bit by little bit, as he grew into the game, he got more confident on the ball. He And then he started making more, more like ranger passes or bombing forward a little bit. Or, you know, you could see that in, in, in Royale, like you were saying there, he just like grew, grew, grew in confidence. He kept it simple for him. But now, when he got, gets his confidence, like you say in there, Rich, that he can now cut inside and stuff like that. We've seen the growth in Cess, you know. So, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. But after the first five, ten minutes, when Sanchez warmed, warmed into the game, I was like, you know what, we're all right. Because Conte, again, he simplified the game for him. Kept it really, really simple. And you saw, after the first five, ten minutes, mate, we had control of this game. We played with our tails up like we was at them. We hunted in packs. We pressurised. We made sure we went 1-0 up. Their Anthony only Kern ta- Horses, man. They were Listen, they, their, only tactic, their only tactic was to get onto Son. That was it. Either wind him up, get him sent off, or injure yeah. him, or get him off the field. That was their only tactic. And to be fair, do you know what? I've, I've just, I haven't heard Conte's comments as yet, and I'm sure you let us know, Chris, but I, I heard Arteta's just before I came in. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, okay, maybe he's trying to deflect it off of his players and stuff like that, trying to say that certain decisions went against him. But to be fair, that referee today, he actually played it fairly. He actually was a fair ref. He let the first couple of tackles go. He gave him a warning. Then he gave him a yellow. And then when that elbow came out, it was a second yellow. See you later. Goodbye. Do you know what I mean? There could have been, and then they, he was dishing out a ton of yellows in the second half as well. So, to tell you the truth, I think he had a fair game. I, I don't know what Arteta was talking about, bro. So, anyway, I'm just passing, bro. Sorry. I don't know what I'm ranting about anymore. The Moretti's hitting now, bro. The, the, the Moretti's hitting. Goodness gracious. Rick, how, how impressed have you, it's probably a really silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How impressed have you been 
with Conte and, uh, you know, since his arrival early November? Because, like I keep saying, this man has transformed this team. He has, bro. And, and he's had some rough patches to go through as well. And it's the way that he's been able to turn those rough patches into learning lessons. Do you know what I mean? To make sure that if they didn't hear it, then that, then that mistake would, would be repeated again and we would lose a certain game. And then he picks them back up and he's like, look, see, this is why we need to do A, B and C. And we've seen them respond to it. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know he was going to have this effect on us, honestly. Like, our best hopes were a, a Europa League place, if, if we're all to be fair. Do you know what I mean? If we say it right. He's got us, he's, he, with the ups and downs, we've had COVID, we've had, do you know what I mean? Like, with the amount of things that's happened, Harry Kane, at the beginning of the season, Nuno, like, we, we've gone through the ups and downs, do you know what I mean? Getting rid of four plays in January, bringing in two, you just want to think about the manners. The way those two have had an impact on our first team, and, and from January onwards, have affected this eleven and affected this team, and how we've improved, it's, it's just next level. Everything is kind of blended into this this last little period of time where Conte is is at his best. This is the business end. This is what he does best. And we're seeing it. And it excites me to see it. Look, we know we're not over the line yet. Do you know what I mean? Nothing's guaranteed right now. But I'm excited because I can see the boys putting his, his plans into action and us turning back into a proper team again. Do you know what I mean? Something that, some, a team that can challenge. A proper team. Excited, Bram. Oh. Wait, you, you say nothing's guaranteed, Rick. We're, we're guaranteed Europa League football, but of course, you know, we want to take it right to the wire and we want Champions yeah. League. Of course, we want to hear it's that. It's happening. happening. It's happening. It's happening. Do you know what, Rick? What I absolutely love tonight at the Spurs Stadium, and, you know, the, the fans didn't stop singing, but literally every five to ten minutes during the game, Every fan kept singing Antonio, Antonio. And Antonio Conte is absolutely lapping it up. He's absolutely loving all of the love from the, the Spurs fans. And it's just so nice to see. And there's, you know, that real connection again. And I don't think yeah. I've felt this connection since uh, since Pochettino. And, yeah, me, uh, me too. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it right now. Craig, let's come to you. Um, uh, let's talk about the uh, the starting eleven. Um, how did you feel when you saw Davinson Sanchez on the team sheet and Christian Romero out? Oh, it was... Um... I was a shock, to be honest, because <laughs> whether Conte knew yesterday at the press conference, he obviously did have an, have an inkling or, you know, an idea that he couldn't play. I don't know if he failed a late fitness test or whatever, but obviously it was just, just a shock because I think, like everybody, I assumed that it would be the same starting eleven as versus Liverpool. And because yes. it was weird because I, I, I was just glanced up at Sky Sports and saw the ticker across the bottom. I thought, I'm sure that said uh, only changed Sanchez in for a uh, Christian Romero. I thought that's weird. I must have read that. Rested him. Rested him because Arsenal are shit. Yeah, it must have. <laughs> but I was. Um, yeah, this goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I was. I, I was a bit worried. I'll be honest with you. I was a bit worried. Obviously disappointed as well. But um, you know, San Sanchez came in. As Richard said he had a nervy five ten minutes at the start, which which you're going to expect a bit because he knows what the fans think of him in general. You know, he doesn't want to put a foot wrong, so he's going to take the safe option. But he did grow into the game. I thought he played very well in the end. Um, mm. I think I'd probably give him a, at least a 7 out of 10. I thought he was very good, grew into the game, and, and, and really didn't look out of place, which was the main thing. And he didn't let us down. He didn't really have that Sanchez moment, really. Um, but the rest of the team, 
picks itself at the moment, doesn't it? And um, it was good to see Bergwijn and, and, and Mora get, get a few minutes as well. It was actually really good to see Sonny upset coming off because yeah. that's what you want to see in your strikers. He obviously wanted a goal. Saying the golden boot doesn't mean anything. I knew that's rubbish. As a, as a, as a striker myself, even nowhere near the standard they were, you want to be top scorer. I don't care what anybody says. Shearer always said it. You never shied away from it. I want to be top scorer. And that is it. So he'll want that record. And he saw today, they were there for the take, and he thought he might have been able to get another one or two. So um, good to see. I never I never mind seeing players disappointed to come off. So that was really good. And um, there's not much that can upset me now tonight because the boys have done us proud. So I'll just, I'll, going on from what Ricky said, um, Arteta, you wouldn't have seen this, Chris, but he, he, he came out basically and said, if I talk, I'll be banned for six months. Um, he said, I cannot talk about referees. I'm really proud of my players and I'm looking forward to Monday night. I want to be on the touchline Monday night and I don't want to be suspended. So I don't know what he's talking about there. I don't know how he can argue the sending off, the penalty, whatever. He said, we wanted to play a game. We were so excited to play. You could see how we started. It was a beautiful occasion and it was destroyed. Well, I'm sorry, but it was your defender <laughs> that destroyed it for you. And then Tottenham ripped you apart, mate. So, on your bike, son. <laughs> Love it, Craig. Craig, let's stay with you, because in the 21st minute, um, of course, Tottenham Hotspur were awarded a penalty. Um, talk to me about this penalty decision. Was it the correct decision? Because I have literally run to the car from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've not had a chance to see the replay uh, for the penalty. Um, can you guys enlighten me anymore? It was it was a penalty, hundred percent. And to be honest, I don't give a toss if it wasn't a penalty. I don't give a care. If no, it was. In all seriousness, it was, Chris. And that's not me with my Tottenham head on. Um, the guys in the studio said it was a penalty. I don't know anybody that hasn't said it was a penalty. It was. He came through the back of him, one hundred percent, hundred percent. And Val, Val was never going to overturn it anyway. So, you know, um, yeah, I don't think you're almost in a stage where I know Val makes some funny decisions. But things with penalties, they generally get right, I'd like to think. When the referee's given it, they tend to back up the referee. And I think Ricky and Richard would back me up on that. It was a penalty, wasn't it? 100%. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 100, 100. Rich, do you want to add any more on that, on that penalty decision? Yeah, no, 100%. It was um, both defenders obviously played their part in obviously obstructing uh, Sonny. Um, he, was, he was following the flight of the ball. Uh, he would have got his head onto it. And... Um, I think the problem is because the line of sight for the for the ref, he saw one angle and he saw that obstruction. Well, obviously, initially on the television, you saw a different angle and there was a little bit of an awful. But then it was it was definitely, I think it was definitely 100% obstruction, and it was a penalty. Um, and like I say, last 20 is it 20 that Harry's uh, dispatched 20 on the bounce from the penalty spot, so he's not going to miss, is he really? Yeah. Rick, let's come to you. Of, of course, Harry Kane slotted the ball home, uh, hitting mm. the side of the back of the net. Um, he never misses now, does he? He's next level. He's next level, bro. He has honed his craft. He doesn't. He's, he's not one of the last out of training if he ain't practicing his, practicing his penalties. Not only for club, but for country as well. Do you know what I mean? He was clever himself. He thought about it. He knows that he's, he's uh, taken a couple of shots and a couple of penalties against... Uh, Ramsdale in, on England duty. He, he knows that. So he was thinking about it himself. 
But you know what? He strikes the ball so cleanly with so much power, so crisply, that you know, even if Ramsdale went the right way, I still don't think he would have got nowhere near it. His Harry last five, his last five of the side as well. His last yeah. five of the side, so he went to the side, like sold him a dummy straight away. Like he was doing yeah. his uh, research around, obviously where where Harry puts it, and he'd have gone there. Harry would have known. I've just got to put it to the side. Just re- like you said, Rick, really strong into the corner. Thank you very much. Back to the centre circle. Let's crack on. And 100% deserved. Stop wasting my time, man. That that was it. (laughs) Well, in the 27th minute, Tottenham went close again. Harry Kane with a shot, which was blocked. Emerson Royale then went close. In the 29th minute, uh, a good cross from the right. Harry Kane tried to tap in, but cleared. And then came the red card in the 33rd minute, um, holding. Um, Craig, talk us through the, uh, the red card. Well, it's interesting because Holding should have been booked about five minutes before he actually got his first yellow because he, he basically kicked Son in, in the in the back. Um, a bit of a surprise. I couldn't believe that he, he didn't get a card for that, but he obviously got a card for for holding him, hold, holding him um, yeah. initially. And then, and then, you know, I can't remember he played the ball. It might have been dire. I might be wrong with that. But the ball came over and he just basically... Blocked him, and it and again it was a, it could have been a straight red on another day to be honest. I've, you've seen him given. I'm not saying it should have been, but I've seen him given. Would have been surprised, but um, yeah, definitely a yellow uh, deserves sending off. And I, I just think Holden was interesting. They said this on Sky, and I agree with it. Holden was obviously trying to wind Son up and get him injured, sent off. It actually had the reverse effect, and it went for yeah. it went in Son's benefit and our benefit. So he, he totally got that wrong. He's obviously whether the managers told him to do that, I don't know, but he, he had a he had a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And of course, he's cost his team. Not that I'm that bothered, but he's cost his team, and um, the game changed on that. To be honest, but I think we were coming back into the game then anyway. The only, the only very small thing is we have tended to start. We started slowly again. And I would just love to see us fly out the traps at the team. That's the only thing about tonight. Again, we did start slowly. I'm not saying Arsenal had loads of chances. They didn't. But I'd just like to see us. Something like Burnley on Sunday. I'd love to see us go out there and blow them away early. But uh, that's a very little thing. I'm sure I'm sure Conte, uh, Conte knows more than me in that respect. So I'll let him get on with it. Well, in the 35th minute, Harry Kane uh, took a free kick to Ryan Sessegnon, but couldn't connect properly on the volley. I seem to love these moves at the moment, where they seem to be involving the wing-backs so uh, much more now. Um, Rich, let's come to you. How impressed have you been with Sessegnon and Emerson Royale? Because, as I touched on earlier on, um, you know, Emerson, in the last couple of games, it's just been sensational, you know, compared to to form, um, you know, where he had received a number, you know, a lot of criticism from, from a number of fans. Yeah, and me, me myself, I uh, I've criticised his, his work rate, uh, his ability to cross the ball, uh, decision making, and you can tell. Obviously, he's got two or three things to do uh, when he's tracking back. Make sure you keep keep the player, keep the keep the winger in into that sideline. Make sure he's away from goal and just keep on them all the time. He's very active with the ball. Um, when the ball's at his feet in in the last third. He's whipping that ball in a lot better. And he's always looking for that back post for Sessegnon coming on to that. I can see against Burnley or in the last game, that working really well. I can see that, that being something that we that we play on like we have done in the in the previous couple of weeks. Uh, very impressive. Um, 
also, like I said earlier, coming inside, getting involved in the game when there's nothing really going on in his, his area. Um, never, I think there was once when he got caught in behind, once in the game, um, and that was great for him. I think confidence-wise, Conte's literally put his arm round players like Emerson and said, look, I believe in you. Look, this is your chance. There's nothing behind you really to to really push you personally, but I'm the manager and I'm going to give you confidence. You've got the tools. Just do these simple things. Get the ball in, track back uh, and limit the space for the attacking player. Really, It really surprised me how well he's adapted. And Sessegnon's growing game after game. He needs to work on the end product, clearly. But if that comes, hopefully we have the bail effect. Rick, same question to you on, on the wing-backs. How impressed have you been with them? Because we've done a number of these shows during the course of the season and we've always been worried about the wing-backs that we've got, particularly under Antonio Conte and the system that he likes to play. And he's finally getting the best out of them. Yeah, he, he is, mate. He is. But like I said last time, I think right now, you know, Cesc and your, let me start with Cesc, because Cesc has been up and down for me. There's times that his body language or how he passes, how he runs. Sometimes it looks like he's a bit worried or scared. or And that might be to do with injuries or that might be to do with like not wanting to make a mistake and stuff like that. So when he drops out, he, he knows Regulon's there to kind of take the reins for a couple of games. That gives him a couple of more games to rest up or to improve his game or to gain a bit more confidence. But right now, it's responsibility. Like Rich was saying there, there's no one behind you right now. Regulon's out for the rest of the season. It's you. So now the pressure's on you at the business end of the season. What can you do right now? Conte has already said about Cesc many times. And he's made a point when, when he's been asked about another player, he's made the point to switch the question to Cessignon to kind of go, let me just tell you, I really think he's a fantastic player. I think he's great on one-on-ones. I think he's going to be, a, a, you know, a, not just great for club, but for country as well. He said these things. He, so he's building the confidence. He's letting Cesc know that he believes in what he can give to the game. But you've got to give it now. Show me that you can give it. Show me that when, when the time comes that you can deliver when I'm asking you to deliver. And I saw that against Liverpool last week. I saw him not really worry, but go, go for it. And, and, you know, Mark Salah as well as try and push forward and as, as well as try and make something happen. And he got his assist. When we're talking about Emerson Royale, he's had an up and down season. Now, I've said many a times, like, like, firstly, like, give him a minute because the one thing that he said at the beginning of the season is that he likes to know the language so that he can communicate and understand what's going on, not just in the dressing room and, and in training, but on the pitch. So he, 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 when he went to Spain, he learned Spanish. When he, wherever he's gone, he's tried to learn the language so that he can understand his, his, the teammates and the manager. So he wanted to do that. So little bit by little bit, he's had an up and down season. There's times that he, he, was, he was the preferred, he was the right back that was, the money was spent on. And, you know, look, it's yours. We've got rid of Serge. Look at that move as well. Like, I'm sure we'll come back to that. But the fact that they paid up his contract to it, no, you know what, you can go on a free, no worries. We're going to go for Royale. So, Royale, the shirt's yours. Show us what you got. And that's pressure. Uh, you know, so he's had an up and down season. He had a dip in Docker. He came in maybe January and had a, a period of time where he grew into the game. And he's Chris's favourite player. Improve. Now he's got his shirt. Chris's favourite player, Docker. I know you, man. In it. 
but 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 you know what? Every every, every Tottenham fan at that point was like Royale. You know, all right, he's on he's on his way. Let's put him on the shopping list. See you later, Royale. It's about Doherty right now. Doherty's the one that's given us something. Doherty's gone. Now the responsibility is on you again. The same message. What can you do when when it comes down to the crunch? Can you deliver? Can you show me? Because I believe in you. I know that you're a young player. I understand about the language. I understand about the culture. But I, I, I believe in you and what you can do. Let's simplify your game and go and deliver for me. And he has grown, especially in the big games. And remember, he's a Brazil international as well. So he likes a big game. But he's starting to show it himself. And I'm just so happy for both him and Sesh, especially today, that they've come out and given a performance like that and let everybody know that there is performances like that in their locker. And that's just the baseline right now. Do you know what I mean? They've got they've got a very high ceiling. So let's see what else comes. Yeah, it's so important at the uh, the business end of the season as well. Craig, let's come to you. Um, shortly after um, the red card, of course, Spurs went 2-0 up. Harry Kane uh, scoring his second of the game. Of course, Harry Kane loves a North London derby goal. Uh, the highest uh, goal scorer in North London derbies in, uh, in the history. Uh, talk us through that second goal. Um. Yeah, we scored so many tonight. I can't remember what it was like to be honest. <laughs> I'm joking. No, it was. It was. Uh, it, do you know what? I, I, whenever we've had a corner, I'm thinking you might as well just knock it out for a goal kick because we never score from corners. And lo and behold, we score from a set piece from a corner tonight. So it, it was interesting because they picked it up on the telly, and I'd, I'd spotted it. And Ketia was marking Kane. He just switched off. He's a striker. You know, if you'd had a, if they had bought a defender on. If Ben White had come on, you might think they'd have stuck him on Kane a bit more switched on, but good flick on by Benton Kerr and Harry Kane at the back post just to, to nod in. And the only risk with that, I thought he might have been offside, but he wasn't. He was well onside. And um, and yeah, two quick fire goals and, you know, we're tuning up. Um, I just, just read a quote here, Ali, Ali Gold's put on, Conte on Arteta. Listen to this. He complains a lot, he said. He's had to, he has to focus on his work and continue to work because he's very good. To hear someone complain all the time is not good. At, at, at Liverpool, do you hear me complain about Fabinho? No. He can take my advice if he wants, but if not, I don't care. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, listen, people worrying about, I don't, I, I still can't quite get where the people are saying about Conte's going to go at the end of the season. I don't, I don't understand it because he's got another year on his contract with another year as an option, right? He's only been here seven months. Why do people keep banging on about Conte going if he doesn't get what he wants? Levy is, has to back him. I can't see any in any world where he's not going to, where he's going to take Conte, no, nah, sorry, we can't afford to get any players, mate. He's seen what he can do. It would be suicide. It would be business suicide if he doesn't back him. And Conte ain't going nowhere. Trust me, he's not going anywhere. Honestly, he's in, he's in it now. He seems he, he can see what the play. He's got the players in the palm of his hand. He can see the fans love him. Where else would he? Where else would he? Would you really want to go PSG? Well, that, that's it, a so. great, it's a great point, though, Craig, because, you know, when you think of the January transfer window, we only brought in two players. We offloaded more players than we actually brought in. Mm. And we're a better team and squad now than what we were before because Conte has improved every single player. So um, 
that is my only worry, really, the fact that Conte keeps improving all of these players. Um, I'm just hoping that we still do go out with real intention in the summer and uh, the ball don't say to Conte, well, you've improved all these players. We don't actually need to go out and spend much money in the summer now. Yeah. So I really hope that that does still happen. Well, the thing is, though, uh, I think somebody said it before, these players, are, he has improved all of them. But they, yeah. I think a lot of them are at a ceiling, you know. And to get, he said he doesn't want to, well, he'll take the top four, obviously, this season, but he, he wants to be up here. He wants to be up with the cities and the Liverpools. He doesn't want to be here. And that's yeah. where we're going to be if we don't invest. So we to, to get to that level, we have to improve on what we've got. We can't stand still. We've tried it once. didn't work. So, you know, he, he, they've got to back him and they've got to give him the players he wants. And that might not mean that they bring in players we've all heard of. We might have to do the Danny Rose Googling a bit, but you've got to trust, trust Paratigy and you've got to trust that Conte knows what he's doing, because I personally had never heard of Benton Kerr and Kulishevsky before they came. I, I hadn't, because I don't watch Italian football anymore. Because Football Italia used to be one of the only shows on telly. But now, you know, Italian football's not on as much. I don't watch it. They came in, but you've got to trust. I remember we had a, we had a show, didn't we? We said, we've got to trust what they're doing. They know these players. They know they're going to fit in. And they slotted in beautifully. And they've worked a treat. So, We've got to trust what they're doing, but they must be backed. And I personally think they will be backed because it would be suicide if they didn't back them. Rich, let's come to you. I think the only thing that um, could have really topped off Emerson Royale's night is with a goal. In the 42nd minute, Emerson missed from uh, from a cross, actually from Ryan Sessegnon. Um, he should have perhaps got on the score sheet tonight, shouldn't he? Yeah, there are a couple of chances. and it's, it's, um, Obviously, the chance came and it was like a snapshot. There's a couple of other opportunities where... Maybe a different time he would have cut it back for Kane. I think there was one opportunity where he just hit through the ball and he could have maybe given it back to Kane. Um, and again, those kind of things add to confidence. Um, Sessegnon needs one of those. Um, I feel if he's got the end product, we've got a different kind of player. But like Craig, Craig said, um, definitely some of the players are playing above the ability that we thought that they, they had within the team. And investment is needed 100%. Because... Conte's not at Spurs to get into the top top four. He's at Spurs to win things. You can tell that. He's a, he wants to be challenging for the title. He wants those five or six players. And I think he's he's going to go away from the model of, of Spurs in the past, where it would be um, we're going to invest in a younger player that's, that's got potential in the future. I think we're going to go for proven players that either have played under Conte, uh, that Conte's seen in the Italian league, or that are... Um, players established in the Premier League that are going to hit the hit the um, hit the field running. We're really lucky with obviously the, the two that we got in the January market. They basically slotted in the team, and within a game that improved the team drastically. You look at what we were talking about before with Harry Winks or that sideward movement. Now it's like win the ball back, and and Benzikers want to bring that ball out or pass that ball forward, bring players in. It's a totally different team because the players are more confident with the ball. So, yeah, the Royal, going back to your question, I think um, over the next two games, I can see both him and Sess getting getting a goal and, and kind of taking that confidence into the summer. To, to talk about the other defenders as well, Rich, um, you know, certainly over the last couple of months and uh, oh, yeah. whilst 
Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte has really improved Eric Dyer and uh, oh, you know yeah. bringing in Ben Davis yeah. the way he has as well. They've been remarkable, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, and I, th- I think we don't talk about um, Eric Dyer because it's kind of the expectation is that he turns up, he gives that good performance. Um, but he, you can tell from his body language, he's leading yeah. that line. I, I saw every time um, that the, the crosses were coming in, Eric was kind of marshalling that back back three, back five, obviously, when the wing-backs were in there. Like, real positive um, uh, body language. Him and Hoiberg, every time there was like a tackle one at the back, it was like a punch in the air. Really impressed. Um, I think... Davis uh, fitted into that side as a as a kind of an orthodox centre back has brought us a little bit of a different dimension. Is 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 somebody that doesn't only obviously work on that side but also comes inside to kind of cut off that shot that comes in against Liverpool with Salah a couple of times he obviously did that and today as well you could tell the first five or six minutes the uh, the back three a little bit unstable. Uh, but I think they all came together with the marshalling of Eric. So, yeah, really, really impressed. And I think Eric Dyer's going to grow and grow and grow and get his England plays back, back I think. I hope so, yeah. Deserves it. Deserves it, 100%. Rick, would you agree with that um, on Eric Dyer? Because uh, it's funny, isn't it? Pochettino always seemed to love Eric Dyer. Jose loved Eric Dyer. And now Conte is loving Eric Dyer. And now he's given these performances week in, week out. And um, what what sort of strikes me as well is that we are seeing so many leaders on the pitch. And, you know, particularly at the start of this season under Nuno, we said, well, where are the leaders? You know, we were looking for the leaders as fans, but we are, we're seeing a lot of leaders out there at the moment. Mate, it's, it's, it's night and day. And, and really and truly, I'm happy for Dyer. He, he, he's had a rough couple of seasons. Do you know what I mean? Like he, when he was playing at DM and he was getting turned left, right and centre. And then when he first started playing at centre-back, and look, he's learned his game. You know, he made mistakes, but he's learned his game. And we've seen him improve uh, and kind of step up little bit by little bit by little bit. But I think under Conte, he's an absolutely different player. He, he starts off so many moves and so many attacks. He's the communicator. Yeah. He's the conductor. He's the metronome. He does so many things right now that is, like, like Rich said there, I think we take him almost like for a little bit, for granted, it's only when he makes a howler that we can go, ah, oh, Eric Dyer, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that. But right now, I think you're, you're, all the boys are absolutely right. that We we need to be praising what the, the leadership that he's brought to the field, not and, and all over it, not only in defending, but in, like I say, the communication and, and in setting the tempo and in setting the game and, and being that calming influence on the whole side. He, he's been fantastic. And Davies has been next level. Today, his yellow card was like one of the best yellow cards he could have ever pulled. Up, pulled. Do you know what I mean? Not only was he blocking left, right and centre and was man of the match against Liverpool, but he's coming today. We're seeing next level performances from him. If we were to sell Davies now, I think I would be upset because I need him in the squad at least. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of games next season. So I, I need him at least in the squad so that whichever defender we buy at left centre... Left centre back, he, you know. Firstly, he that that new left centre back has got time to bed in. We don't have to put all the pressure on him straight away. We can let him ac- accumulate to the culture and the language and the tempo and all of those, all, all of that jazz, and, and, and rely on, on on Davies because right now Davies Davies performance has been 
it, that's what's blown my mind, I think, uh, out of all the players. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's been how he stepped up and how he's taken on the tactics and how he's grown as, as, as a leader at left centre-back. Do you know, it's, it's been so good to see. So, yes, I, I totally agree with what the boys are saying there. And, and it's great to have them in the squad. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, and to see them go, we, we don't know where their ceiling is now. I thought I knew it. But I ain't got a clue where, how, how far that both of those players could go for our team and our club. Craig, let's come to you. Two minutes before half-time, of course, Spurs were 2-0 up. But Hugo Lloris made a fantastic save, uh, tipping, yeah. over, um, tipping over the bar. It was important. Oh, cracking save. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, when he first did it, I thought he was going over. But, it was, oh, God, that's tipping. Um yeah, fantastic save from Hugo. He, he's always been a great shot stopper like that and um, just 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 earned his money tonight, didn't he? Roy Key might say, well, he's a goalkeeper. That's his job, to save shots. But, you know, uh, and to a degree, I, I, I do agree with what he says. You know, that is his job. But, you know, he didn't have tons to do, but, but he was aware and and, um, and and did his job. And, I'm, I'm you know, I'm sure... A clean sheet against Arsenal, that's going to mean double to him. Um, let me just read a quote from Conte, what he said here. Um, we are saying lots of positive things, but on Sunday we need to do it again. The fans need to do it again because they were amazing tonight. They scored one goal for us and we got the rest. So, yeah. you know, it, it, you can't say... You can't say that, yeah, this is why I love this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And, it, and it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, we all love Conte. Every fan I know loves Conte. You know, you always get a manager. Like when Nuno was here, even when we won the first three games, people weren't sure about Nuno. I think all of us, we weren't sure about Nuno. Perhaps not a city on here, but we weren't. Conte, I haven't heard one Spurs fan say anything negative about him. And that speaks volumes. So, yeah. <laughs> We've got to back him. We've got to stick with him. And if you stick with Conte and back Conte, Kane ain't going anywhere because Haaland's gone sitting. Where's Harry Kane going to go? Come on, he ain't going to go United. That's a step down at the moment, isn't it? They're in turmoil. So please back him, Mr. Leary. That, that, that's what I was saying, though, Craig, earlier about um, the fans constantly singing his name because every oh. Spurs fan at the moment just absolutely adores the guy. And when you can, um, you know, like he said many, many times, if we can get that fourth spot, it would be like winning the Champions League because who would have thought in November we could even qualify for the Europa League, let alone have a chance for the Champions League, you know, 10 days you know, left of the season. So this guy can really achieve things. He really can. Um, I just want to go around all three of you and just ask you... Um, uh, who would you choose as your man of the match? Craig, let's start with you. Um, I would probably go with um, how, what Sky voted, Harry Kane. I, th- I just think he, he had another superb game. I think Benton Kerr ran him pretty close, actually. I thought he, he was quite impressive tonight. Um, I think Kane would just edge it because he'd come up with the goods again. Um, yes, it's his job to score goals, but he led from the front again. So, for me, Kane, man of the match. Rich? Well, I would go a bit of left field. Hoiberg, I think, for me. I think um, somebody that, that does a lot of work off the off the ball, um, did a lot of work uh, defensively and in midfield. Um, really, it, there's been a couple of games when we've, we've looked at his play with the ball and criticised how he passes and some of the, the balls have gone a bit of a stray tonight. Flawless with that. 
Um, obviously, Harry and Sonny are always going to get the plaudits. Um, but yeah. for me, the two guys in the centre of midfield really pulled the strings and looked like a good, um, I'm not saying a perfect, looked like a good partnership, obviously, going forward. I think, obviously, for next season, maybe um, upskilling that a little bit, maybe getting somebody else in there. But I think, uh, at the moment, really did like put uh, Arsenal to the sword tonight. What about you, Rick? You know what, bro? Um, I, I agree with both the boys, but I, I think there's, there's a claim for every single player that played tonight. You know, yeah, apart from the Suns, because, I've heard because this of the before. timings that they had. But do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think Lloris could have got it easily for, for not only the saves, but the, the kind of confidence and, and, and the leadership that he showed as a captain. Do you know how he drove that back line on? I think we've only, we've just spoken about Dyer. Uh, I think Sanchez, even even Sanchez, the fact that he grew into the game, he he could have a shout for for man of the match. Davies, we've just spoken about Davies there. He's he's yellow card alone could have got him man of the match. Then we've spoken about the wing backs already. Cess, Royale, do you know what I mean? Both of those yeah. boys in midfield. Benton Carr again, who is just he's silky. He he, he is like galaxy chocolate, bro. He is just smooth, crap. He is super bloody well smooth, let me tell you. And in Hoiberg, again, another player. I know we're talking about upgrades, but that guy leaves everything on the field for us. And he's done it for a couple of seasons. And there's been some performances that he's had dips in. But those, I kind of sign up to being like knackered, to being run into the ground at some times because of the responsibility. Not Not only that's been put on him, but he puts on himself. To cover and to and, and to fix and to you know to plug the holes in the in the side when certain things get broken up, he he was outstanding in breaking up the play. Again, leadership. Again, you could see him every time there was there was a um, a shot saved or a shot on goal. He was the one that was like oh like ah like you could see him every single time. Then Sonny, of course, all day long. Kane all day long. Kulu, the, the work rate that that boy put in, the skill, the turns. The, the the intelligence that that boy's got, like, oh my gosh, bro. So I can, think can, it, I, can, it, I, can I just stop you there, Rick? I'm surprised. Everyone, everyone. I'm surprised. I'm surprised we've got 48 minutes in and no one has mentioned Kudashevsky because I thought he was outstanding tonight. Oh, mate, mate. He's turning yeah, he the, the way. His strength, the, 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 yeah. the work rate off the ball, the way that he was chasing down players, the way that he was hustling, he was always like, the third man in the hustle to make sure that we won the ball back and then put on the attack. And then he would find space where if he if he ended up being on the left and it was crowded, he then moved to the right. It was just intelligent play to just give options for the attacking sense. My God, that's what I'm saying. Everyone could have been could have a claim for man in a match. But Kane, of course, he scored two goals. He's, you know what I mean? He, he, he's Harry Kane, isn't it? And he scored two goals, a wonderful bloody well penalty. So, of course, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. But everyone could have a claim tonight, definitely. Yeah, I think you said it all there, Rick, because, uh, <laughs> you know, so many players, you know, had great performances. Again, you know, as they as they did at Liverpool in that 1-1 draw, which, which we probably should have won. Um, Craig, yeah. let's come to you. Of course, um, some fans, um, even Gary. Gary was in the toilet when Hunmin Son scored the third goal for Spurs. A number of fans hadn't even gotten back to their seats before we went 3-0 up. 
Talk us through that goal because uh, Hunmin Son, he always seems to score important goals. He loves scoring at the Spurs Stadium and another goal against Arsenal. Yeah, it's fantastic. That that really killed the game, didn't it? As if it wasn't won already. But what impressed me about that goal, Sanchez played a lovely ball into Kane's feet. And it yep. was that it was the confidence he had to play that ball because it, the easier ball was just to die. He didn't. He took the risk. He was brave. He played the ball into Kane's feet. Obviously, it stuck to Kane, rolled the defender. And I don't know whether he got a toe to Son. Uh, it, it broke to him and obviously just slotted it away. And it was fantastic. What's that say, Craig? What, what did that say? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, didn't see that. It's, it's this running joke about they think that Ricky's on the toilet. <laughs> he, he is on the toilet. Is. It's the quietest room in the house, but don't worry. It's only when we, it's only when we go off of line that I'll do the flushing. I won't do it online. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you got your trousers pulled up. No, don't worry, I have. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it killed the game, Chris. And um, yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, goal in the first, was the first minute of the second half, I think. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. You could see see the fans coming back down the, the stairs to take their seats in the south stand there. So uh, yeah, not surprised a few people missed it. And I, and I think that's 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 a good point as well about like Sanchez is so much better on the ball when he's playing it forwards. If he's if he's kind of tentative, he's turning to face his, his own goal and to play it back to Hugo or play it across to his his fellow centre backs. He's not as confident when he's got the ball and he's looking at the play in front of him. He's so much more confident and also he has got some ability on the ball, not just for the long aerial ball, but like Craig said there to feet, that long kind of pass to feet that can dissect the midfield. So, yeah, yeah definitely showed yeah. Is it, um, the advantage we can have when he actually does play. Just another quote from Conte. He said, in six and a half months, we worked step by step and I got to know the players much better. They understand me much better and why I get angry, like you remember, against Burnley. They're improving much better, not only on the pitch, but mentally. And for me... It is the mental side of it, isn't it? He's given them that confidence to believe in themselves and each other. And it showed tonight. Showed tonight. Yeah. Um, the press conferences will be available on this channel later on today. And can I just say that there is nearly a thousand people watching um, this live stream on YouTube at the moment. So if you don't subscribe to the channel, please do hit that subscribe button and also hit that like button as well. It'd be nice to get over a thousand likes. Yeah. Before, we, uh, before we end the stream this evening um, and if you're listening to this on an audio platform do hit that follow button as well and thank you so much for watching in the last couple of weeks because we have gone uh, you know in the top 21 in the uh, football podcast list in, uh, on, in, in the Apple chart so thanks so much for that um, Rich let's, let's come to you um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Hun Min Son. As a, you know, Hun Min Son's one of my favourite players. Always seems to deliver in big games. 21st Premier League goal of this Premier League campaign. He's broke his own records. Um, he's won behind uh, Mohamed Salah. Do you think he's going to get the golden boot this season? But well, being that two... the fact he's going to play Burnley and uh, Norwich? I was just about to say, he's got two great opportunities, hasn't he? And we've got that momentum now. And, and Craig said earlier, when he came off, he's got that hunger. He's got that... Obviously, in the back of his head, he's like going, I've got 20 more minutes. I can maybe have another couple of chances chances against Arsenal. He's definitely going to have chances against the, the two remaining games, obviously at home, where he is so lethal. 
and then hopefully can take that 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 uh, form into that um, away game. And um, Sonny, obviously, he always says in his um, in his press conferences, it's not about me, it's about the team. But all great players always say that. But you know, he loves scoring, loves it. You can tell he loves the the opportunity to get in front of the, those two sticks and put it in the back of the net. I think uh, against Burnley, he's going to have chances, but definitely against Norwich. And uh, let's try and not only get that Champions League um, spot, but also get Sonny the golden boot as well. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Be awesome. Ricky, what, what else could we say about Hunmin Son? Um, because this guy always seems to deliver, doesn't he? Oh, mate. He is, like, Mr. like, like Ramon, Ramon Vega always says, he, he has turned into Mr. Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? So, a big shout-out to Ramon. I know that he was enjoying this game tonight. Uh, I, saw, I saw his tweet that he saw Wenger, so I hope that he just gave him a little text and just said, nice game, nice game. Do you know what I mean? But, um, no, Sonny's next level, bro. Sonny's next level. And for me, it was just so good to see him upset walking off the, walking off the pitch today. The fact that Conte has kind of said to him, and you, it was good to see Conte give him a cuddle on the pitch before it like cut to the ads and stuff like that and to, to see Sonny smile because what he's done now is he's he's fired he's fired up the dog do you know what I mean like he's he's got the dog growling and he's got him you know pinned in in the cage and and you know like ready for Burnley if, if you want the if you want the boot if you want the golden boot uh, you want to be top scorer all right make sure you get the goals you know what I mean? Twelve thirty on a Sunday. All right. Don't don't talk to me about today's game. Get me the goals on Sunday. Get me the goals. And we it could it could work. It could be a masterstroke that Conte pulled there by bringing him off and, and being that hungry, knowing that he could have scored another one. Like he could feel it on the pitch. He could see that the Gooners had, had given up at that point. That their only kind of game was to consolidate and to kind of contain it and keep it. 3-0. That was their only game plan at, at that point. And I think Sonny felt that he could have maybe nicked another one and, and, and gone level with Salah. But I love the hunger. I love that he yeah. was upset. He's so gracious. He's so humble. He's so giving for the team that I like to see that he's upset about something that could be considered selfish. Do you know what I mean? A, a, a little accolade. Do you know? It could be considered that. And he's not that guy. He's for the team. But I like to see him upset for that because that means he's going to be hungry for Burnley. He's going to be hungry for Norwich. Oh, bro. Like, I've got my fingers crossed. And it would be the cherry on the cake for him to get the golden boot this season. My gosh. Come on, Sonny. Come on, son. It really would. And uh, as you said earlier, Craig, um, you know, we could have scored, you know, a lot more than three goals. In the 59th minute, um, a cross come in from the left. Emerson header. Ramsdale made a good save. That was another opportunity for Emerson. It was, yeah, yeah. He could have had one in the first half, as we mentioned earlier. I mean, he, he was getting him. The important thing is, I've always said, you know, he's getting himself in those positions, which I think we've seen the last couple of weeks. He's, Conte's obviously just, like Ricky said, simplify the game. Just do your defensive work, because he's actually not bad at that. And don't worry too much about, you, you know, he's not going to be this, this wing-back that bombs up and down like a Carl Walker or whatever. He's just not, you're not going to get that from him. But to see him in those positions actually getting on the end of crosses rather than whipping them in himself. It was great to see him in those positions. And, you know, that header, it was a good save by Ramsdale. But if it had been a little bit further to the right, I think I think he would have scored there. So it was it was good to see him getting in those positions. Um, 
So, yeah, and he's had another good game tonight, hasn't he? He had a cracking game at Liverpool and he's had another good game tonight. And I think, like like you said earlier, about the wing-backs, Sessegnon and, and Royale are the only two we've got at the moment that are wing-backs. If one of them gets injured in the next game, you'd like to think we've only it's only Norwich. I say only Norwich. God, you watch them go and beat us now. But, you know, you, you, you could cover that position is what I'm getting at. If you was without a dedicated wing-back for the Arsenal game, you might worry. But I think you could get away with it for, for a team like Norwich. So, you know, we've, we've still got to do the business. And all we can do now... Is 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 do our win our games? We just get six points and see where it takes us. And oh, of course, I want the Champions League. Of course, I do. But by the same stroke, I wouldn't be massively gutted for ages if we don't get that full spot because we're guaranteed the Europa League. Yes, it's not where we want to be, but you know we could win that next year if we actually if we're in it. You know, I, I personally, I don't think we're in this place where we could win the Champions League, but you know, you, you could, are you still going to attract the players that he wants? I believe we can if we're in the Europa League anyway. I think the draw of Conte, the stadium and everything else and the team, players, you know, we we signed Romero when we weren't in the Champions League, you know. And you've just got to look at Enteku and Kulishevsky. We, we do get these players in that, you know, it's not going to be the Messi's and the Ronaldo's, but they don't have to be. It's proved that. It's proved that. You get the players that gel well with the team and the players Conte wants. I, th- I think they're going to look, tw- you know, are they going to choose Arsenal or Tottenham over Champions League? I, I, I genuinely don't think. If a, For me, if a player wants to purely play in the Champions League and don't care who he plays for, then you don't actually want to come to your club. You want players that want to come to your club. And that's like Kulishevsky and the Benton Kurs, you know, and the Romeros. So for me, it's not the be-all and end-all. Of course, I'd love it. But if we don't get it, you know, we, we, we're going to try our hardest to get there. Of course we are. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but don't think that we lost out if we lose out on Champions League because of the, the Brighton game or, or because of the uh, the Brentford game. It's not. It's the two losses at Chelsea. It's the Man U loss. It's a culmination of over a season and you end up where you end up because you deserve to end up there. In a cup, you can sometimes win a cup. And you might think, oh, I've, I've scraped through that. We don't didn't really deserve it, but I'll take it. Over the course of a 38-game season, you generally end up where you deserve to. So whatever will be, will be. And we've just got to hope that Newcastle or Everton do us a favour. And talking about Everton, would it be nice to go to the last game and Deli Alley come up with a winner or something to draw? How poetic would that be? How poetic. I've heard that, I've heard that from Spurs fan. Great. Or, <laughs> I can, see dropping, I can see him dropping points, though, in, in one of those games. I think Is Newcastle's it? going to be tough. Trippier we'll free kick. At home. Trippier we'll free home. kick. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trippier free kick and the Deli Alley header, yeah. Um, we'll come oh. on to that shortly. Um, Rich, let's stay with you. Um, 62nd minute, Harry Kane uh, from outside the box. Goalkeeper saved. Just a minute later, Sessegnon crossed to Hunmin Son. Uh, sadly, he missed. Um, in the 71st minute, something that really pleased me, Stephen Bergvine actually getting uh, the last 20 minutes of the game. Um, of course, Luka yeah. coming on as well. Son and Kuliszewski yeah. uh, coming off. Um, what did you make of their um, their 20 minutes or so, uh, Bergvine and Lucas? Yeah, cameos. Obviously, Lucas showing that he's, he's still got, got it with, on the ball and sometimes carries it a little bit too much and uh, loses the ball. But... Um, I think obviously you've got to you've got to utilise your weapons, haven't you? And at that point, with the game was already won, uh, we've got bigger games 
uh, to play after obviously the Arsenal game and uh, save uh, Kulicheski's and uh, Son's legs. It's, it's clear what Conte was doing. He's, he's a great man manager, uh, mentally and physically. And you could tell, like the boys were saying before, Sonny was taken off and he was pissed because he wanted to play the 490. But that's yeah. that's obviously keeping him hungry. And obviously Kulicheski, he's done so much. I'd be interested to see how much, how much winning he did because he chased and chased and chased, just like just like Sonny does every game, chases now. Um, so I think great to get um, Stevie and uh, Lucas on. Um, they didn't do a massive amount, but they didn't need to. It was just about obviously that game time, um, and that's like obviously um, Davison Sanchez. Obviously he he came in after having a couple of cameos for the team. That might be the case where Lucas or, or, or Stevie might be needed in the last couple of games where obviously yep. you might need to come on and, and, and take that position. And it's really important that you've got a strong squad. Like I've said before in, in previous uh, podcasts with you, Chris, that at the moment, squad-wise, it's not as strong as it needs to be, especially if we're going to push up from fourth to challenge. Um, and at the moment, we've got a strong 11. And if any of those kind of elements gets uh, gets injured or loses form, then we are struggling. With two games uh, to go, we really need to like dig in as a team, use this momentum and drive forwards and then create some pressure. Remember, we're playing before Arsenal play. We yep. win the game against Burnley and we win well. I think that's important as well. Win well, it puts more and more pressure on Arsenal when they're playing Newcastle away. Absolutely. Um, we'll come on to that in a second, Rick. Um, uh, Rick, let's come to you. In the 80th minute, um, a crossing from the left uh, on an Arsenal attack, Odegaard shot straight at Lloris. It just wasn't their night at all, was it? Listen, bro, oh. every time Lloris made a catch, I love the crowd tonight. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was easy, do you know what I mean? Even the Olays tonight, when we were just passing it, knocking it around, and the crowd, ole, ole. bro, I was just, it, for me, I wanted us to carry on attacking and I wanted to put, I really wanted to put the, you know, like the fours and the fives and the sixes past them and just kind of destroy them tonight. But the fact that we kind of just demoralised them, mate, like we, we, we took everything out of them. They had no fight. They had no, they had that little shot, like you say, from Odegaard, but then, Anytime they had something, Larice was there to sweep it up, to catch it, to keep it calm. That's what I'm saying. Not only did he make saves, but he really led. You know, his chest was up. He was making sure that everybody had their their their, their eyes on the swivel. Do you know what I mean? And their heads in check. Oh, bro. Like, Joy the goodness, bro. In the toilet must be ace as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? When, when Craig read that uh, quote out from Conte earlier about the, uh, you know, about the fans, you know, when when it was that atmosphere tonight, it felt like a Champions League night. It just felt like one of those special nights, which really all of us fans want to witness every single home game because it is all about making your home stadium a fortress. And I think that we can do that under Conte. Oh, absolutely, bro. Like we said in the last show, the, the one thing that we asked for this season, because of the turbulent ups, upsy downsy seasons that we've had previous to this, all we asked for was progression. And not only have we seen progression, but we've seen what happens when it comes to, down to the crunch. Now, people want to call, call us 
But, you know, I don't even want to say the words to tell you the truth, but, you know, people want to get on Tottenham's back for, for, for not getting over the line, let's say. Today, when it was time to get over the line, my gosh, did they. Not only with the performances that they put in, but with the control and the do- domination. But the crowd, the crowd was on them. The crowd lifted them. That, that TIFO display that they've done today, let me tell you, if you're at home right now and you was in that, that, that stand, Hold, it looked phenomenal. The energy yeah. that everybody in the stadium put onto the pitch tonight, we felt, let me tell you, I was at home, I was with, <laughs> my, like I said, I was with my dad and my, <laughs> one of my brothers. Listen, we all felt it. It was tingles. And Conte can feel it as well. And he knows he's got something special. I said in the last show, the one thing that he loves is going up against the best. And in the Premier League, he's going up against the best. It's the best teams, the best players, the best managers. And he's going to relish that challenge. And he knows what he's got with Tottenham right now. Do you know what I mean? He knew, he, he had an idea of what he could have. But right now, he knows. With a few more tools in the toolbox, Chris. Do you know what I mean? And a few more tools that Conte wants. My gosh, how far can this team go? And that's what excites me right now. Not only the progression, but what comes next. Let's go. Let's have it, man. Let's have it. I did wonder when we were going to talk about your toolbox. <laughs> We've got over an hour. He's been, he's been playing with it while he's been sitting on the toilet. <laughs> oh my talk, gosh! Talking about talking about getting over that line. Now the line that we really need to get over is from fifth into fourth. Now let's look at the Premier League table, Craig. Let's come to you first. Now both teams, Arsenal and Spurs, have now played thirty-six. Arsenal have won twenty-one. Spurs have won twenty. They've drawn three. We've drawn five. They've lost twelve. We've lost eleven. They've got a goal difference of plus eleven. We've got a goal difference of plus twenty-three. They have sixty-six points. We have sixty-five. We're now one point behind them. Six points to play for. This Sunday we play Burnley. 12 noon kickoff at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So we play first. Now, if we win that game against Burnley on Sunday, we will go into the top four, two points ahead of them. They then play Newcastle away uh, at St. James's Park on Monday evening. And then, of course, the final day of the season, we play Norwich City away exactly the same time as they play Everton at home. Craig, how do you think this is going to pan out? Where do you think Spurs will finish, fourth or fifth? Do you know what? I can't even give you a... (sighs) can't even give you a guess, Chris, because I, it's almost like I don't want to jinx it. But I, I genuinely think we're, even though Arsenal have got the points advantage, I think we're in a slightly, very, very slightly better position. But we've got to do the business here. And um, Burnley have had a few good results lately, but they've dropped off, you know, fairly recently. I think if you don't beat Burnley at home, with all due respect to Burnley, then, you, you, you know, you shouldn't even be challenging for the top four. They're there. We, we need to beat Burnley first, get that job done first and beat them convincingly like Richard said. And then all the pressure's on Arsenal. Um, I think a sign-off to St James's Park, you know, the Geordies are some of the passionate, most passionate fans out there. They've consolidated their place in the Premier League. They're going to want to sign off with a good good display at St James's Park in preparation for all the business they're surely going to do over the summer and improve. So, uh, you know, they're not going to roll over, Newcastle. They, ne- they never just roll over. So it's going to be tough for us, but we've got to do the business first. And then, obviously, as I said before, we just win our games. But I think, even though Arsenal have got the points on the board, if you're going to push me for an answer, I think we're just going to edge fourth. I just, I do think that. But I agree. 
it, I, I genuinely think that I think the longer that the longer Newcastle, let's say we beat Burnley, the longer Newcastle keep them at bay, they're going to be panicking. And you've got to look at the defenders they've got out now. I think uh, was it Gabriel got injured tonight, you know, and Ben White for for some bizarre reason he wasn't bought on tonight. Whether he was saving him, I don't know. But you know they they've got troubles at the back there. You know they're basically their first choice back four are out. So you know it's it, it some maximum running at them. You know the. Newcastle are no mugs, so get our job done, and then we can sit back, hopefully Monday night, and see Arsenal um, drop some points against Newcastle. But let's get our business done first, because that's all we can do. Because if we don't beat Burnley, it's over. So, yeah, it's not an ideal time, though, is it, 12 o'clock on, on Sunday? But uh, they, could, they weren't very kind to us, the Premier League, with that. But it is what it is, and we've just got to go with it now. But it's much better that we play first, though, Craig, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's massive. Um, yeah, before kick-off, hopefully, on the Monday, we'll have had a day in the top four, <laughs> you know? And they'll have had a day to look at that and reflect on that and know the pressure's all on them. So bring it on. Let's, let's get our job done, though, first. Rich, how are you feeling about it? Fourth or fifth? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I love your face, by the way, when Craig said, Arsenal, oh, we've got problems. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that all through the, the, the podcast we've done, I've said fifth, 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 all through, everyone. Now, I can see Arsenal dropping points, 100%. Um, and if they lost a game and we drew against Burnley, we'd still be above them. I don't see that happening. I see us winning the last two games. I see us uh, beating uh, Burnley to nil, and the same with Norwich. Um, it's it's whether it's whether Newcastle do us that favour with the pace that they've got. If Sam Ma- Maximum's playing and he's on song, he, and as a worldie, then that could do do us a massive favour. Um, at least kind of dent their confidence. The Everton game. I wouldn't want to leave it right for for them at home against Everton. Yes, the fighting possible relegation, but it looks like Leeds are going to go down with obviously they're just imploding. Um, I think we need need a like Craig needs to be getting not just one Newcastle shirt. I think he needs to be getting plenty of Newcastle shirts for everybody um, because <laughs> we need to have them all on. We need to be like praying after that Spurs game and let's hope that one of those teams can do us a favour. I think we've we've got that momentum. Arteta, in his interview after the the game, you could tell physically he was rocked by not only just the result, but how he was beaten. The, the players had no response. Odegaard was their best player, I would say. Um, on the ball, he's obviously really creative. Um, but apart from that, they didn't really offer anything. Um, and that was probably a real kind of big thing for him. He's got two games against two teams where he's going to have to be creative to score. Newcastle aren't going to roll over at home. Everton, depending on their situation, are going to want to kind of get a result. I can see Arsenal dropping points. And then, since you want me to say fourth or fifth, I'd go for fourth. Wow. You finally <laughs> changed it. I know. I know. Because I've got to say that. If I said fifth, I get slated, and then all my Arsenal mates <laughs> go, Ooh, you're beaters, and you're still going to think you're coming fifth. 
So, yeah, I've got to go fourth. <laughs> Rick, now you feeling fourth or fifth? Mate, I'm getting, I told you, I'm getting more confident by the game. When I see performances like against Liverpool and today, um, it, it fills me with confidence, bro. There's He's concentrating a, on his number two, never mind number but, four. Like, in it, do you know what I mean? But you, you, you know what? Like, like fire, firefighters, right? Firefighters, they kind of either fight the fire or they can fly away from the fire, right? And if you look at Tottenham, we we are dealing with the fire and we're fighting the fire. If you look at the Gooners, they fleed, they flew, they did, they gave up today. Not only did we get rid of all of their attacking play and all of their threat, like you said, Odegaard is maybe their best player today. But they, at 2-0 and 3-0, as soon as they got the man sent off, they just started to give up. So you tell me who deserves to be in fourth spot. Somebody who's fighting for it, somebody who's up for it, somebody who's got the momentum for it, somebody who's, who's, who what, really wants it, or somebody who runs away when the, when the fire gets hot. Do me a favour. See you later, Gooners. We're going to get that full spot. We're going to get it in style as well. They're going to collapse on themselves. Not only are they going to lose against Newcastle, bruv, but they're going to get a couple sent off as well. Don't think Xhaka ain't going to get sent off. Don't think somebody else in their defence ain't going to get sent off, bruv. It's happening. They're going to implode in themselves. And I can't wait. Please, I'm speaking it into existence. I'm speaking it into the universe. We're going to get that full spot. We are going to get that full spot. And you know what? We're going to deserve to have got that full spot. Because if they get it over us, oh, my gosh. You know? I'm, I'm going to ask all three of you for four predictions. So let's start with the Tottenham v Burnley game. Craig, do you think that Antonio Conte will sit up with this same team? If Romero comes back in uh, for Sanchez, would that be fair that he comes straight back in? I think at this stage of the season, you've got to play your strongest team that you think is going to get you the results. So I think if Romero is fit, he'll come back in for Sanchez. If not, Sanchez has proved tonight against um, Arsenal that he, he can do a job. So, you know, I hope Romero's back, but I think he'll go with the same 11, yeah. And score prediction for that game? Score prediction, I'm going to go uh, 3-0 Tottenham. I agree. I'm going to go 3-0 as well. Rich, what about you? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be uh, a confident display. Um, I think Burnley always quite um, powerful in the air. So, I think they're going to score from a, maybe a set piece, a corner or free kick. But I think we win 3-1. And Ricky? I think we'll we concede. I, 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 I'm with you, boys. I think it's 3 0. And I think the fact that the three of us have said that, like, I think we might need to put on a small bet with maybe the sponsor, William Hill. Do you see how I got that in there for you, Chris? Do you see how I got that in there for you, bro? No. They'll love you, for back, that. bro. I got you. Mickey's after a deal as well. Mickey's after a side deal. <laughs> <laughs> Link, hook him up, hook him up, Chris. <laughs> Actually, yeah, for all, for all of the latest betting offers, do visit the William Hill website and download their app. Yeah, I better get that in now. I can't um, say that I'm an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so we're all agreeing that come Sunday afternoon, Spurs will be sitting in the top four. So the interesting bit now, Craig. Let's come to Monday evening. Arsenal travel to Newcastle. Uh, that means that they will be two points behind us if our predictions are correct. What's their result going to be? I think it'll be a one-one draw. I agree um, with you again. There you go. See, great minds. I think. I, I think, and I think, I think Newcastle will score first. 
There you go. There's another okay. prediction. Rich, what about you? Oh, yeah, I think Arsenal will score. Um, whew, 2-1. 2-1 Newcastle. I think Newcastle wow. will win that. I think Newcastle, I, I think Newcastle will win that. I think um, the new, obviously, Brazilian guy they've got, um, he looks impressive at home. Um, Joe Linton's obviously inspired in the centre of the park. I think um be very similar what what's happened uh, today. We've got quick players on the break. Yeah, 2-1. Rick, what about you? I, I, I agree with Rich. 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, and, and they get another man sent off. <laughs> at, at a minimum. 2-1, I'm telling you. Trippier's going to have a hand in some of the goals. I don't know if it's going to be an assist or a goal himself, but I see it happening. Newcastle are going to do him 2-1. Last game of the season, even even our friend Kimberly said it the other day, last game of the season, in the last home game for the Geordies, you know, they're going to be up for it. It's going to be like a bank holiday money. Party, the, man. The, the, sun's, the, the sun's going to be shining. The weather's going to be sweet. They're going to be up for this game. They're going to, all over the place. Yeah, And, yeah, and, yeah. and they're going to do the same to Newcastle what we done with Tottenham today. They're going to be, the crowd are going to be that 11th, tw- uh, the 12th, 13th, 14th man and, and get them all over the line as well because that's what, they're excited as well for what's to come for the summer for them, you know, for places, for what's next. They're on a whole different journey right now. So to, to crown off the, the the last game of the season at, at Newcastle at their hometown, bro. They've got to get a win. It's going to be a two-one, and I can't wait for it, bro. I can't wait for it. Yeah. We need to <laughs> need to get um Anton Deck on the channel quickly, Chris, if you can. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be nice. Um, so we're so we're all agreeing. All four of us are agreeing that we will be sitting in the top four. Uh, on the final day of the season, when, of course, we yeah. travelled to Carrow Road to play Norwich City, who, of course, are already relegated, and Arsenal play at the Emirates Stadium against Everton. So, um, you know, question for you, Craig. Um, are we going to win at Carrow Road? Yeah, the bottom line is, if we beat Burnley, it goes to the last game of the season regardless, doesn't it? So, uh, I think we'll have too much for Norwich, whatever the situation, and I think we'll... Uh, Oh, I was going to say boring saying three nil again, but I can see us turning Norwich over. I think I think they've just gone now, so I'll, I'll keep it interesting. I'll say three one, but I think that could easily be a, a three nil or even a four nil. To be honest, if we get one, we'll get two or three. To be honest, yeah, I'll, I'll go with four nil and a Hoodman Son hat trick, and then he, of course, he gets the golden boot. Rich, what are you going for? <laughs> yeah, same as you, mate. Four nil. That's what I was going to go for. Yeah, um, it, we could get a hat full of goals. It could be, could be like. Obviously, uh, Spurs of old away. Um, we could get like five, six, seven, but I think it's a four nil. Ricky, uh, I agree with the boys. I agree with the boys. The shackles are going to be off on that last day of the season. Ricky's had loads Norwich. of beer. You can tell Ricky's had Oh, beer. look, I'm finished. I'm finished, mate. This is what I'm saying. This is where we're at. I'm finished. But listen. I can feel it, mate. I can feel it. Going into there, the shackles are going to be off. Sonny's going to be going for Golden Boot. Harry's going to be on it like a bee in a bonnet. Why not? The boys are going to be all over it. You know, that's going to be a celebrational game as well as a, a game that that can certify our top four status in the league, man. And I can't wait for it. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you damn Spurs. Come on. 
So if all our predictions come true, um, we will be uh, in the Champions League next season. Um, now, Craig, let, let's come to you first. And I want to ask you all this question. Antonio Conte, of course, um, you know, he has worked his magic. He said he's not a magician, but I believe he is, um, you know, to, to get anywhere near that top four. You know, even if it was a Europa League spot and we did end up fifth, you know, it shows real progression and it shows great club direction as well. Um, but... I would feel so much more comfortable going into the summer knowing Antonio Conte has signed or been given a brand new contract. Do you think this is going to happen? Um, as, I, as I said earlier, I just can't see him going anywhere unless he has a massive falling out with Levy, which I still don't think is going to happen. I, I, I think there would have already been discussions about, I don't care what he says in the press and to, to, to Sky or whatever. They would have discussed this. They would be looking at players now. They would be earmarking players they want to go for. Clubs are already doing it. You've only got to look at Haaland, you know, players like that. They will already have had those discussions. So I just still don't think Conte's going anywhere. And I think if we get top four, I think he will be offered a, a, a pay rise and, a, a, and a, perhaps another two-year deal. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But as I've said before, I, I can't see Conte going anywhere, regardless of where we finish, but especially if we if we manage to get that top four, four place. So, yeah, I'm quite relaxed about it, to be honest. What about you, Rich? Yeah, um, yeah. for me, obviously, um, top four would be a better kind of option for, for kind of really getting uh, Conte to, to sign a new contract, a new improved contract. Um, and that will kind of, that will really help keeping players like Kane at the team um, and some of the other players that, that could be moved on, um, but also the player development of the future as well. So actually, really invest in the squad. Um, like we know, the um, the training ground is world class. The stadium is world class, and we need to have that team on the on the field of play now. Um, Conte clearly has shown what kind of value he gives, and that short term uh, deal that obviously Levy's kind of given him with a little bit of flexibility. I think he's going to want to kind of actually say, look, I actually believe in you and your philosophy on the pitch. We kind of see how it fits now, and especially against certain teams. But now we need to give you those kind of weapons to be able to deliver those games against the Manchester Cities and the Liverpools. But also we can turn over those teams like Burnley when we're away from home. Because I think that's been something that we've been lacking this season where we've gone on those those kind of Thursday night when it's been pissing it down with rain up to a Burnley where they just kind of have their, their long ball kind of rough you up game. And we, we've not been really ready for that. I think Conte needs more kind of uh, weapons for those different scenarios. And uh, I think that's going to affect how he's going to be given that longer term contract. I, I believe that, like I say, games like today, not just the actual result, also the, the fans, the, the players' appreciation of what obviously Conte gives them. They all yeah. talk about they're working hard in training, the confidence he gives them. Uh, you can clearly see that he, he communicates, maybe not always verbally, communicates with all the players, even from the sideline. Like you said, Chris, you're watching what he's doing. He's always kind of communicating with the players. And it's not always kind of in a negative kind of get back, you're out of position. It's more look, look kind of just educating the players how to be better and I think Levy really sees that value of how he's educating good players and upskilling them but if we get some of those world class players in 
that's going to really accelerate the progress of the club. Rick, when you see um, a manager like Antonio Conte, and we've praised him enough over these last few months on, on these shows, certainly, when you see that the work that he has done, you know, surely all of us fans would be smiling even more knowing that he's going to be at the club for you know X amount of time and, and, and perhaps a new contract put into place. Do you think that's uh, going to happen? I think it's going to happen, but I think we need to remember who Conte is and how intelligent he is. So I think that he's going to continue, even though everything is going swimmingly and he's getting the tingles, you know, the hair stand up on the back of his neck, you know, managing Tottenham right now. I do think that he's going to, you know, because he said it, strategy, right? When he spoke about press conferences, press conferences, bloody hell, the Moretti's hitting my bottom lip. <laughs> it's hitting here, right here. That's it, man. When he said, when he said that in the old <laughs> press conferences, you know, it's about the strategy. And I think that he's going to hold the ball to account. So before he signs any deal, he's going to make sure that we have a successful summer, that the, the, the boxes that he's put down on paper are ticked. So that we go into the season not being able to just compete in cups, but to compete in the league. That's where his eye is. That's why it doesn't matter right now whether he gets fifth or fourth. Fourth is obviously next level. Investment, guaranteed, money coming into the club, you can spend a bit more. But he's already hit. He, he's already hit the quota on his contract. He's got us into the Europa League. Like, if we are all real with ourselves, the Europa League, was the height of what we thought that we could achieve this season with what happened with the spending with, uh, you know, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea. You know, you got, we've got to remember how well West Ham were doing at the beginning of the season. Leicester are always a dark horse. So all of these things happening around us, Aston Villa spending money, all these things happening around us, you, you, to be in the top four contention, I don't think was a guarantee or I don't even think that was on the board. I think he said to Conte, get Europa League at least and, you know, European football uh, and we will give you the funds to invest in the side so that you can compete in the league next year. So regardless, whether we get fifth or, uh, fifth or fourth, we're going to get the right investment in the right, the right places and Conte is going to get the, need, uh, the tools that he needs for the squad and for us to compete at least at the very minimum in the league. We're gonna that's gonna happen. But I think that he's holding off on signing until at least the end of the summer, maybe around Christmas, maybe around February, he might sign the deal. And I think he will stay with us for a bit longer. But don't I don't think that him not signing is a worry for us. Let it play out. Let him do what he's got to do. Let him negotiate and play the board and hold the board to account. So that the things that he wants on paper are, are done and dusted. Speak with the actions, not just talk, 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 talk. It's like, show me what you're about. Back to chat. And I think as soon as he sees that, he'll sign another deal. Well, lastly, I just wanted to talk about the uh, the summer transfer window because whether we finish fourth in a Champions League spot or fifth in a Europa League spot, um, Craig, um, you touched on this earlier about you don't think it's going to make that much of a difference about quality of players coming in at Tottenham. Now, what, when you've seen that Benton Kerr and Kulusevski have come in in the January transfer window, um, 
What do you expect from this summer window uh, with Fabio Prati and Antonio Conte? How, how, how many players do you think that would come in? Um, how far do you think we're going to go? Is it, is it going to be real intention to, to be going to win big things and competing for Man- Manchester City and Liverpool for the league? Or is it absolutely deluded? Uh, or is it just going to be going for another top four finish? Because like Richard said earlier, Conte's really here to be winning things, to be winning trophies. He's even come out and said in previous press conferences recently, he's not here to be finishing in his sixth or eighth place. He wants to win things. So how far do you think that he will be backed in the summer? I, I, I still maintain that he will be backed to the level he wants. It might not, as I said before, it might not be the star, star name players, but it will be players that he wants. I think we'll get in at least four players in the summer. And I think you'll see about the same going out the door. And don't forget, we've got to pay for Romero. We've got to pay for... I think we've got to pay Kulachevsky, have we? We've got to pay another another fee for somebody that we'd already done deal with. We've got Papa We've got that Saar. Kulachevsky. We've got that guy from Mets. Is it Papa Mate Saar or something? Yeah. Is his name, whether he'll go back out on loan, I don't know. You've got Brian Hill to deal with, what we're doing with him. You've got Nacelso has got to be moved on. You've got Ndombele that we need to get off the books. There's so a there's, there's a lot of work to do. Personally, I've always, uh, a lot of people have disagree with me here, but I watched a lot of Jack Clark when he was at Leeds. And for me, he looked a very, very talented teenager. And I was really excited by the prospects. And he's just not lived up to his... He's billing, but he's been having some good games at Sunderland. So it's really good to see him progressing. So who knows? Perhaps he can kick on. I think another loan for him. Troy Parrott's been knocking in the goals. Um, uh, Keon Atete's been doing pretty well, I believe. Um, so there's a lot to sort out with the loan players, is what I'm getting at, which they'll probably have somebody working on and what, what we're going to do with that. But as for names coming in, I think we'll see around... Four, I'm hoping, and but you need to create space in that squad. What positions are going to go for? Depends if Regulon goes away back to Real Madrid or even to Barcelona, who knows? But I think we need a dedicated right wing back, even though Emerson has been playing well. I still think Emerson probably is, needs to move on. I think it's time for Harry Winks to move on. Um, Sad in some respects, he's been at the club since he was five or whatever. He's a top and lead, but I think for his sake, he needs to go and play first team football. Um, so that leaves the door open for a creative midfielder, another striker, uh, a backup goalkeeper. Even though apparently Gallini is very, very, very good around the changing room and the players love him, uh, <laughs> we need a decent backup goalkeeper. So there's a bit of work to be done. I think, as I say, he'll be backed, um, and we'll just see see where where it where it goes. But I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully getting some deals done early, which would be nice to for a change yeah, for Tottenham, sure. won't it? Yeah, you know, sure. like like City have done with Harlem. Is and and the other part of the question is he? The thing is to compete with Liverpool and City. I think you'd be a bit deluded to sit here and think we're going to compete with City and Liverpool for the championship. There's only four trophies we could go for next year. And one of them, in my opinion, is, is we're not going to win the league. So you've got the League Cup, the FA Cup, and whether that be the Champions League or Europa League. As I said before, I don't think we've got enough to win the Champions League or even challenge for it. I know we've been to the final, but 
we rode our luck on the way, and I think the squad and the team was better than we've got at the moment. So, but if we're in the Europa League, I think we've got a genuine chance of winning that. And I know Conte's not been brilliant at cups, which kind of doesn't match up with with what we've all been talking about. But I think we've got a chance to win a cup next year. Um, so it's progression, like you said, Chris. I think it's progression. I think we've got to look to get in the top four, regardless of what happens this year. I think I'll be confident to push Chelsea. I don't. I still don't think they're going to be spending big money. They've got players leaving, consortium buying them. They're not going to be able to spend the money they've been used to. So, you know, regardless of what the Chelsea fans think, it's not going to happen. I think we can push Chelsea. I think if you look at the Chelsea results here, had we beaten Chelsea rather than them beating us, we'd have been right up there pushing for third, which is remarkable to think about. So a lot of work to do. I don't think we're going to change for the league, but I do think I do think we've got a genuine chance of winning a cup next year. But let's hope Conte is backed in the summer and we get the players in early before we go on the pre-season tour of Korea. Rich, what are you expecting in the summer? Well, you need to look um, at Conte and the history of what he likes. He likes um, team to be um, a strong first team and then try to have. Um, a backup in every position. Um, and I think that's where there's going to be quite a few changes. Like Craig says, I think maybe maybe the, the, the four or five and even maybe bring some of those so those lone players back in and then just see if they're actually A, good enough or they've adapted from their loan uh, spells. Obviously, Numbele is obviously not going to come back into the, the fall. But would Gill or would Lacelso come back in? I'm not sure. Um, but I think he's always left that kind of door kind of open. Um, uh, for me, he needs to um, have a stronger network of players that he can rely on and trust. And obviously, the reason why those players went out to loan were m- mostly around he didn't trust them and he didn't want them on the bench and, and obviously weren't contributing to the kind of work rate. Uh, of training, they didn't really contribute to anything. They came on uh, off the bench, and again, they didn't give the team anything else. I think it's going to be a really interesting summer. Um, I, like you boys, would want to see that work done really early, because like uh, Antonius said all the time, all the work that he does is on the training ground. The more time he's got with the players, he can instill his philosophy about how he likes to play as a unit, and then the players obviously know exactly what their jobs are done. If you buy those players really late in the window, you either get um, players that are kind of looking for lots of different clubs instead of going, actually, I want to play for Spurs because I like Conte, I like the club, I like the philosophy, I can see where they're going. That's the kind of player you want. You don't want to just be going for a player that's going to get 30 or 40 grand more because they're coming to us. You want them to be like driven. Like Kuliseski says, when he signed, he's a player that likes to like batter down doors. He wants to he wants to feel the kind of the pain of of like playing for for a team, and that's what you need. You need those players. It's really important when the going gets tough, everybody sticks together. I think it's going to be a really interesting summer. I'm just praying that that Levy kind of puts his hand in his pocket, and I'm going I'm going on uh, Sunday, as you know, Chris. And I've got director's box t- tickets. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to speak to Daniel and I'm going to say, look, mate, how much have you got in your pocket? You need to get that money out and you need to invest in the team. 
So, Daniel, if you're listening, we need to have that conversation. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't wait to hear your answers on that one. Um, <laughs> Ricky, so obviously you talk about Antonio's uh, toolbox all the time. What is he going to add to this toolbox in the summer? Listen, whatever he needs, mate. If he needs a hammer, if he needs a screwdriver, if he needs a power drill, if he needs a lathe, if he needs some sandpaper, I don't care. Whatever he needs, that's what that's what we gotta provide. It's not about an eighty to hundred million pound player. It's about what he needs, where he needs it. We need to trust in him, trust trust in Paratici, trust the football people to deal with the football side of it. And and uh, and like let's make it happen. Let us make it happen. It's going to be a topsy-turvy uh, summer for us. Like you said about those loans and stuff like that. I do believe that Saar will go back on loan. I do believe he will go back on loan. I do believe that he and Clark are very similar in the sense that they're very lightweight. And I think that if they were to bulk up a little bit, they might be able to maybe able to have a bit more of an influence on, on uh, the first team or on, you know, like first team places, even in, on, in the squad stroke on the bench. But I, I, I think you need, you need to, you, we all need to back Conte, everybody. And I think everybody knows that leaving would be silly not to. Um, it's got to be done. This is the time to do it. Let's not miss out again. Let's not, when the time is right, we miss it by being, you know, not being able to put our hands in our pocket. Let Mr. Lever go to work. Let him provide the funds. We've got some great kind of swap loan deals in the pipeline already. We know that Lacelso and, and Torres could be a, a swap. Um, be I, good. I love. Be good. I, I, listen, I love the way that Lacelso is playing right now, but it, to me, it shows very obviously that he wants to be in Spain or he wants to be playing for this team in particularly because we, we're seeing in his performances where we've not really seen that type of performance from Lacelso in a Tottenham shirt. So for me, however well he's playing, wicked. Let's get some money in for you, or let's do this swap deal because I wouldn't mind that. Put Paul Torres there at yeah, left centre yeah. back. You know, can we have a so, can we have a free kick taker as well? We need to have a free kick taker. We have to, yeah, 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 yeah. I, that I needs to so be too. like, even if they just have like a special team comes off the bench just to take the free kicks. Who do you want? Moment, Wall Prowse, Wall Prowse, all day long. Wall Prowse would be amazing. Do you like it? What has he scored? Was it nine or ten free kicks the, this year? So if you put Ward Prowse into this team, who comes out? I mean, I mean, he comes off the bench. He comes, he comes off the bench, mate. <laughs> but you know, so, there's there's a left back that's a, that's doing really well with crosses and free kicks. He's a, I think his name's Sosa. He's a Czech. I think he's Czech. Plays in Germany. Anyway, left wing back. He looks pretty we good as well. Because we we've got no idea that free kicks. I tell you, none. Yeah, yeah, but do you know what? Look, look at today. And that's our history. We know we're not good at free kicks and set pieces. But you, if you look at today, like we were taking some decent free kicks and, and corners, and we were doing it with confidence. It's, yeah, but if you've got a player we, that's going to score nine goals from free from, from free kicks in a season, you take that all day, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but, Wal- but Walker, I think, I, I think he's, he's a bit lightweight on the ball, but. Yeah, maybe he offers some. But, but he's, he's, he's Premiership ready, though. He's Premiership ready. Yeah, and he, sure. he, he can he can help switch to a three in midfield and almost be play like a number ten or or yeah, sank sure. along those lines there or come on on the wing for Okulu to to make sure that balls get into the box for Kane or Son or let Conte go to work. If Conte <laughs> goes to Prowse, let's go get him. <laughs> make it happen. Let's make that, it happen. That's been... That's been the real difference, though, Ricky, isn't it? In the January transfer window, having two players coming in 
and walking straight into the first eleven rather than you know taking all this time to adapt to the Premier League, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which we've never really had before. You know, so quick they've hit the ground running, the pair of them, and done extremely well. So that's what we want: more signings in the summer. Uh, you know, for these players just just to walk straight into the uh, the, the starting eleven. It's going to be an interesting summer, but um, you know, let's hope that we do hear that Champions League music again because um, you know, let's face it, only three years ago we we're in the final of the competition. Um, and that'd be sick great. in our new stadium as well. That'd be sick. Oh. Yeah, few six man. Oh. Yeah, that that was a taster tonight with the T yeah. and the atmosphere and the energy, yeah. the decibels. That was a taster tonight of Champions League football. I think. Yeah. Like, what what can happen sure. in that stadium? Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, incredible, incredible evening. Um, Thanks so much uh, for the three of you uh, coming on this evening, talking about our, uh, our fantastic victory against Arsenal. Um, Craig, thanks so much for joining us and uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. No worries, Chris. Yeah, if you really want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Demon9. Um, what am I up to? Just celebrating Tottenham's win against Arsenal, to be honest, and uh, <laughs> looking forward to uh, to the weekend and hopefully seeing Tottenham win again on on on, sun, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, hope everyone's uh, stay safe and well. Uh, glad you're still with us, those watching at midnight. Uh, Chris has still got to drive home. Uh, Ricky's already on the toilet. So, uh, um, Richard looks very relaxed. I need the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Thanks for... uh, You're in the right place, Rick. Um, Thanks for sticking with us and listening to four happy blokes talking about Tottenham. So, it's been a pleasure, as always. And, Ricky, thanks so much for joining us yet again. And uh, you're back with us um, for the Norwich game on the final day of the season. Um, Let's hope that, you know, we can get that fourth spot. But thanks so much for joining me again and tell everyone what you're up to. Always an honour and a pleasure, my friend. Always an honour and a pleasure, mate. And especially on nights like tonight. I can't wait to be back on with you against Norwich and that last game. That game, I will definitely be popping the champagne, all right? But um, yes, forgive me for the Moretti going from the bottom lip to the bladder right now. But, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been awesome. And my dad had a message for you, Chris. He wanted to let you know and the boys know and everybody at home that... Um, North London's ours, all right? North London's <laughs> ours. It's Lily White, all right? So that's, that's a message from my dad to you and, and everybody at home. So, but yeah, man, loved it tonight. Let's crack on. Can't wait for that last game with your mate. Let's have it. Let's have it. And Ricky, just to make sure you know that we're playing at home. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Chris, I ain't got time for this, all right? My bladder is holding out, brother. I'm not breathing. I've no breaths right now. I need to go. Before we go, last time you were on, you just uh, passed your driving test. How's the driving going? It's been going all right. No crashes. So everything's good right now, bro. It's been going very smoothly, thank you. Very smoothly. So thank you very much. Good stuff. And Rich, thanks so much for joining us again and tell everyone what you're up to. As always, just working really hard on my foundation. Uh, I've got a a run on the 25th of June in Nottingham. Anybody that's around, those Spurs fans, if you're around, but one thing I will say is everybody that's watching today or listening, you need to obviously like, hit those like buttons and follow the main man. Obviously smashing it for all Spurs fans and the work you do is awesome. So yeah, big up Chris and yeah, keep doing the work you're doing. Thank you, Rich. And uh, we must meet up for a drink before the Burnley game or even after. So uh, make sure that happens on Sunday. We'll definitely do that, mate. 
Well, Craig, Ricky, Richard, thanks so much for joining me and thanks to uh, everybody for watching and all of your support on the channel. Let's hope that we can get the win on Sunday, go into top four, put the pressure on, all back to Newcastle on Monday evening. And then, of course, we've just got to go to Power Road, pick up the three points, and we will be back in the Champions League where we belong under our world-class manager. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you in the next one. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.